You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. Make sure to check out our live groups or small groups. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Robert. The title of the message is a little different than uh, what I would normally title a message. And to be honest with you, I had prepared and I was feeling good about today's message. And then Thursday, the Lord uh, threw me a curveball and I went a different direction. So the title of the message, it means something to me and probably uh, some of my family that's here today. 7.05 a.m., March 10th, 2018. On that morning at 7.05 a.m., Robert Vance Shingleton, my earthly father, he exited this world. 7.05 a.m., he departed. One moment here, the next moment, where? Where would he be? This message is not to uh, bring anyone down. I was laying in bed, that date had been on my mind about a week, you know, Thursday morning was March 10th, 2022. And that had been on my mind about a week before this past Thursday. One moment here and the next moment where? I was with him that morning at 7.05. The family had went home the night before and I was holding his hand at 7.05 a.m. He gasped and he took his last breath. He passed not away. We have a tendency of saying, well, so-and-so passed away or we lost so-and-so. Well, he didn't pass away, he passed on. I didn't lose him, my sister didn't lose him. We know exactly where he's at. He passed on, so where did he pass on to? If, if I was to ask, and I, and I feel like I'm just teaching today because I, I just in my spirit, I feel like a lot of people need to hear this. If I was to ask, I'm just guessing, the, the majority of Christians, if I was to say, well, when you die, what will happen? And I believe most people would respond, I'll go to heaven. Well, that's a good answer. But do you really know what all happens when that tone, that flat line, or that gasp, or that last pulse takes place and you are a believer? Well, let me, let me back up. Because there's a lot of people that are believers that are not going to heaven. You gotta be a believer, but you gotta be a follower. You understand what I'm saying? So he passed not away, but he passed on. Yet, where did he pass on to? And in what form did he pass? In what manner? And once he was there, what did he see? Think about that. 
Who in your life just left? Who in your life just recently has exited? It's painful. Some people say, well, my dad passed and I was, you know, hurt. Well, he was 89. Yes, he was, but it still hurt. Can someone say amen? So who in your life has just left? Has it been your spouse? Has it been your sibling? We have someone here today that is hurting, that lost a child this week, and, and I want you to know, I prepared this message Thursday morning before I ever knew, but I believe today it's an on-time message, and it'll help you. Excuse me, lost your child, your child. The, being, the beating heart, maybe the one that you lost is where the beating heart stopped in your womb. I remember Nancy many years ago, many years ago, Roger and Regina, ready to have a child and the heart stopped beating. They knew the child was not alive. Terrible. Maybe it's your father. Maybe it's your grandparent. When that monitor becomes flatline tone. So what really does happen in that moment? What happens to us? What will happen to you in, in your flatline? I hate to be the one to tell you this, but you're going to die. If the Lord does not return, you are going to die. Barring the return of Christ, you will have one of those last gasps. You will have a final pulse. What will be after we die? Stand with me for the reading of the word of God. Can I say while we're standing? When I was in my 20s, I didn't think a lot about dying. To be honest with you, I thought I was invincible. But now I look back and realize I was stupid. Security. We got to laugh, right? I want to read 1 Corinthians 15 and 54. It's not always about shouting in church. And it took me a lot of years to figure that out. 1 Corinthians 15 and 54. So when the corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. This is the scripture that I read almost every time at the cemetery when we're laying someone to rest. Pastor Reed, I want you to pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. We know it might be a sober message, but we know it's one we need to hear. 
I pray, Father, that today that you would anoint the prepared message, the prepared words of our pastor, your mouth that is in the pulpit right now. And I pray, Father, that every person here, no matter how young or old, would search their heart knowing that pastor speaks truth, that if you do not come in our lifetime, no one will escape death. And we have to ask ourselves the question, are we prepared? I believe this morning with all of my heart that if pastor were to drop dead right now, Mm -hmm. that his spirit would be in the presence of the Lord before his body hit the floor. Mm -hmm. I thank you, Father, that we can have that assurance uh, that we know that we know. uh, And it's only through the shed blood of your son, Jesus Christ, uh, that we can have that assurance. Uh, We are all going to take this journey. It's a debt we all must pay. uh, So help us all to be prepared. Uh, I heard Mm -hmm. once, uh, don't bank on an 11th hour salvation, you might die at 1030. Mm -hmm. Father, I pray today that Mm -hmm. every man would examine his own heart uh, and that, Father, we would be prepared to take that journey so it would be a day of celebration for those that we leave behind. Anoint our pastor, anoint ears that hear, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Before you're seated, wait a second, all right? Pastor Reed, if it's all right with you, I hope my body don't hit the... Okay? All right, we got that straightened out, all right? You may be seated. <laughs> she prayed that, I was like, whoa, now wait a second. <laughs> you gotta, gotta find a place to laugh in some of these messages, all right? Uh, I would be honest, I was sitting in the office early this morning. I got here about seven o'clock and, and I was thinking if, if, if I was going to die, that I would like to die doing what I'm doing here. And then I, honestly, I thought this this morning and then I laughed, I thought, no, that wouldn't be good. You think we've seen people moving around here this morning. Um, I, I, I guess I would just die in my office. It would make me happy. Amen. I hope it wouldn't make anybody else happy. <laughs> Help me, we gotta get focused here. All right, so I wanna read that again in 1 Corinthians 15 and 54, Paul is writing. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Right here, Paul, he pictures the believer in the future as already standing before the Lord in the kingdom of God. Can you picture that? You and I standing in the presence of the Lord in the kingdom of God. He sees the believer as already incorruptible and immortal. When that day comes, then it can be shouted that death is swallowed up in victory. The victory was promised by God long, long ago. At 7.05 a.m., March 10th, 2018, I actually have a picture on my phone of me holding my dad's hand. There was a great victory at 7.05. Even though there was pain, there was a great victory. In Isaiah 25 and eight, he will swallow up death in victory and the Lord God will wipe away all tears from off all faces and the rebuke of his people shall he take away from off all the earth for the Lord has spoken it. I've not been one to go to the cemetery when we buried my mother 
We buried my brother. We buried my father. But April 10th last year, when I was standing, I believe, in the doorway of death, it changed my thoughts. And this past Christmas, I went and I bought a blanket uh, made out of pine and a couple of doves and some red ribbons. And I took it to the cemetery and I laid it across their grave. And the cemetery is less of a place of loss, and I pray that you get this in your spirit. The cemetery for you and I that have hope is not a place of loss, but it's actually a place of gain. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So yes, we mourn, and we, there's a mourning process, there's a time to grieve, but you need to hear. First Thessalonians chapter four, verse 13, and I'm reading from the NIV. Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. Those who have fallen asleep. Those that had flatlined, taken their last breath, that were believers and followers, born again, blood-bought, name in heaven, those and those that are not have no hope of eternal life with the presence of God. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. People of faith, those that have humbled themselves and acknowledged that they are a sinner. We are people of the promise. Somebody say, I'm people of the promise. Come on, say it like you meant to say, I'm a person of the promise. So people of the promise hold on to the unshakable hope that hinges on only one thing, and that is the resurrection of Christ. The people of promise are holding on to the one thing, and that is that hinges on the resurrection of Christ, and because he was, a res he was resurrected, you and I have hope of the resurrection. If you believe it, give him another hand clap and a shout of praise. The resurrection changed everything. I'll say it again. The resurrection changed everything, not for just those in the Bible, but for me and for you and all that call on the name of the Lord Jesus. The resurrection that we are about to celebrate in a few weeks changed everything. If it changed you, if it changed your life, if it changed your family, if it give you hope, give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. Jesus, he died and he was buried. So does that mean it was all over? No. Let's look at Matthew chapter 28, verse 26. And behold, there was a great earthquake. Something that was so great, something that had never happened before. And behold, there was a great earthquake for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning 
and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, fear not ye, for I know that you seek Jesus, which what was crucified. But he is not here, for he is risen, as he said, come see the place where the Lord lay. The historical event, this great earthquake, was a picture of the unbelievable convulsion that God was planning for the end of time. It's kind of like a picture of what was about to happen. During this earthquake, the Lord resurrected. There's gonna be another moving and a great resurrection of all the dead that follow and believe in the Lord. The resurrection of God's son paved the way for the resurrection of all men, all men. Right after the resurrection of Christ, Jesus goes on a tour. It's called a resurrection tour. He appeared to the followers in the upper room, read about it. He appeared to the disciples in the road of Emmaus, read about it. He appeared to his friends on the sea of Galilee. He spoke with them. He walked with them. He touched, people touched him. They touched his body. They heard his voice. And they were convinced that Jesus had been raised from the dead. I ask you, are you convinced? I am convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that yes, when my body lays down before it ever hits the ground, my spirit will be in the presence of God. I am convinced I don't have a, I hope so, I think so, maybe it'll happen. I know that I know that I know. If you know where you're going to be, give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. What God did for him, Jesus, he will do for me. God resurrected Jesus, he will resurrect you if your heart is right with the Lord. When Jesus was resurrected from the dead, when he rose, the Bible said he was the first fruits. The first fruits. I wanna read that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead, and became the first fruits of them that slept. Verse 23. But every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterward they that are Christ at his coming. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the first fruit of the harvest. The first resurrection of a man that would be brought back to life and never die again. You say, well, Lazarus was resurrected, but you don't see Lazarus sitting in the front row. Lazarus died again. Jesus Christ is the first fruit, the first that was resurrected, never to die again. The first. It's specific, says, the first. If you are making the first be brought out, there is something else coming Sooner or later, can someone say amen, I'm headed somewhere. The first fruit is the taste of the harvest. 
Christ was raised from the dead to live forever. And his resurrection was the guarantee that you and I shall be raised from the dead and live forever. If that excites anybody to know that you are going, you are alive and you are going to be resurrected someday and you are going to live forever, give God a glorious hand clap and a shout of praise. First fruits, somebody say first fruits. It's the first taste of the harvest. The farmer, the farmer, and we got some farmers here, can anticipate the nature of the crop by sampling the first fruit. We can anticipate our own resurrection by viewing the resurrection of Christ. And that's why we celebrate Easter every year. We can get a sneak peek in the resurrection of Christ and we can anticipate our own. I didn't lose my dad, 7.05 a.m. He's coming again. He's coming out of the grave. He's coming back. I had an older man say to me Friday, he said, you know, I used to think that I would never see the coming of the Lord in my age. But he said, now as I look around, and he's probably around 75, he said to me, he said, I, I think I might make it. I might see it. it. It could happen at any time. I'm not saying the Lord is coming tomorrow. I don't know because nobody knows but you can almost smell things are starting to happen. So we can anticipate our own resurrection by viewing the resurrection of Christ. What will happen when you die? Again, most would say, well, I'll go to heaven, and that's a good answer. But scripture reveals some intriguing assurances. Second Corinthians five and eight, for we are what? Confident. I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Your spirit, as Pastor Rita kind of used me as an example, God helper, your spirit will immediately enter the presence of God. Immediately. Quicker than the blink of an eye. And your body will join you later. My earthly father, Robert Vance Shingleton, is away from his body and at home with the Lord. And I miss him. I miss him dearly. I miss my mom, I miss my brother. I miss grandparents and I miss aunts and uncles and I miss cousins. I miss friends, but there is no way that I would want them to come back, but I will go to them. Do you hear me? I will go to them. I wanna read it again, we are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Your spirit will immediately enter into the presence of God. Isn't this the promise Jesus gave the thief on the cross? Luke 23 and 43, and Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, today, somebody say today. Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. There was two thieves on the cross. One was repentant and one was not. The one that was, we see in verse 40, he feared God. In verse 41, he declared that Jesus was righteous. In verse 42, he said, Lord Jesus, remember me today. Today, today, that word kept jumping out to me. Today, 7.05 a.m., March 10th, 2018. Today, 
in that moment, my father's spirit was with the presence of the Lord. Whatever the day, whatever the time, whatever the year that your loved one took that last gasp, that moment, they were in the presence, in the presence of the Lord. The soul of the believer journeys home. My father closed his eyes, just like the thief on the cross, closed his eyes on earth and woke up in heaven, woke up in the presence. Am I gonna fall apart when death rings its doorbell for my loved one? Are we? Or do we celebrate? It's painful, it hurts, but there's still victory. The final age will begin when Christ returns on the final day. First Thessalonians chapter four, verse 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. I, I gotta stop there. The Lord didn't send nobody else to the cross. He did it. And the Lord's not sending nobody else back to get us. He will do it. Give him a hand clap of praise. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with what? A shout. That's gonna mess some church folk up right there. With the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Listen, before you see angels, before you hear trumpets, before you embrace your loved ones, you will be engulfed by the voice of Jesus. Now I was sitting in my office this morning meditating and thinking a little bit, and this thought came to me and I wrote it down because I didn't want to forget it. In order to hear his voice on the other side of death, you must hear and respond to his voice on this side of death. Just, it just came to me. I want to say it again. In order to hear his voice on the other side of death, you must hear and respond to his voice on this side of the, of the grave of death. Have you heard? Have you responded? It'll be a loud voice. Jeremiah 25 and 30, the Lord will roar from on high. The dead will hear the, the voice of the Son of God and all believers who are in the grave will hear his voice. Could you imagine being in the cemetery when the Lord comes by? John 5 and 25, verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear shall what? Live. Verse 28, marvel not at this for the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall what? Come forth. They that have done good unto the what? Resurrection of life. Now listen, it don't stop there. And they that have done evil unto the resurrection of what? Damnation. Oh my. The result of being saved is eternal life. You have passed from death to life. Man is in the process of dying. Man must die and man will die. You will die if the Lord tarries and I will die. We cannot stop the process. The facts are twofold in this verse. Those 
The hour has come and now is the very first when the spiritually dead can hear the voice of the Son of God. And then when the spiritually dead who hear can live. Some 38 years ago, I was dead in my sins and I heard the voice of God and the Spirit of God drew me and I responded to the call and humbled myself and knelt down and prayed and asked God to forgive me. Now my name is written in the Lamb's book of life and when my body drops, my spirit will go to be with the Lord and then when the final day comes and the Lord appears with a shout, I, my body that is buried in a grave will push the grass away from the inside and will be caught up in the cloud in the sky to be with the Lord forever and ever. And if that's you, if you're gonna push the grass up from the inside, someday give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. Somebody, can we stand? and thank God that he made a way. Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. Oh. My, my, my. He who created us, listen to this. He who created us will collect us. My goodness, Jeremiah 31 and 10, New Living Translation, the Lord who scattereth his people will gather them as a shepherd does his flock. I said it already, the grass will be pushed back from within and the caskets will open and the bodies will rise. The bodies will be called into the sky. But here's a question, but in what form will that body be? How will your body look? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, how are you gonna look? <laughs> In what shape will our bodies be? I hope it's, a, no, I don't hope, I know it's gonna be a lot better shape than what mine is right now. Why'd you all laugh? <laughs> when you think about how will we be resurrected when, Bodies decay, some will be back to dust. Many were racked with disease and deformity. Some was riddled by bullets, destroyed by fire. Men and women left in the deserts, on the battlefield destroyed, not to be graphic, but it broke my heart this week to see Ditches, deep ditches dug in Ukraine. Men, women, and children drug, thrown into an unmarked grave. Here's Paul's answer. Now you're gonna know when someone asks you what happens. First Corinthians 15 and 42, so also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and what? There is a spiritual body. Our earthly body, what corruptible, it means it will age. I don't care what you do, you can paint your hair, 
You can twist it, you can roll it, you can tuck it. You've heard me all say this before. Your body will deteriorate, you can't stop it. Your body will die, your body will decay, and it will decompose. But our heavenly bodies shall be an incorruptible. That means it will never age, never deteriorate, never die, never decay, and never de decompose, transformed, and never perish. That's what your spiritual body will be. Our earthly bodies are made of dust, but our spiritual body will not be made of dirt and dust. It will be made by the Lord God Almighty with perfection. You have never seen your best day. Never. You've never seen your best day. Listen to me. Our earthly body is buried in dishonor. Nothing could be more dishonorable than a man's body becoming nothing more than dirt. That's what happens. That's what this scripture means. Our earthly body is buried in weakness, but resurrected body will be raised in power. You hear what I'm saying this morning. Stand with me. Spirits will be reunited with bodies resulting in a spiritual body. This fleshly body will become a spiritual body, meaning it will be perfect. Perfect. Try to imagine a body with no pain. Can anybody even imagine that? Getting old is not for sissies. You hear me? Some of you just said amen, never amen before. <laughs> Try to imagine a mind with no wandering thoughts. By 7.05 this morning, I was laying on the floor in my office. No, I didn't die, okay? <laughs> and one of the first things I said, Lord, help me to take captives my thoughts. Am I the only one while you're praying and talking to God, you're doing something else? Anybody else know what I'm talking about? And I said, Lord, you gotta help me. So can you imagine in a perfect body, never to have wandering thoughts? Envision yourselves as you were meant to be, completely whole, completely whole. Imagine this also, in Isaiah 11 and six, the wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf, and the young lion, and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. A radical change, where during this time, the Lord will even change the nature of animals. So if a wolf and a lamb can lay down together, he gonna change your nature too and you're gonna get along with somebody. Huh? So look straight ahead, don't look at the one you can't get along with. No longer, Ren, 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 hey Ren, Lynn, no longer will there be any more curse. Listen to Revelation 22 and three, and there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and the lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall what? Serve him. Death, standing at the cemetery. How many, how many's lost somebody that was close to you and it hurt, it hurt? We all have. No more struggles, Mary, no more struggles.
No more tension between people, no more tension between nations. No more death, Matthew 25 and 41. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, depart from me, ye cursed. Those are the ones that had no relationship with Jesus. Never humbled themselves, never prayed, never asked Christ to forgive them into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and for his angels. And after that, in a moment, 1 Corinthians 15 and 54, death is swallowed up in victory. Can you put that picture of my family on a screen that I, I gave it to them just moments before the church? There's my mom laying in uh, our home place where Bob and Annie raised one great son and two decent children. <laughs> and by the way, Nana, I am dad and mom's favorite, all right? I look at that picture on my phone almost, uh, I'm not gonna say every day, but every couple days. That old death came and thought it destroyed my mother and it showed up, thought it destroyed my brother. And then it showed up, thought it defeated my father. Then cancer showed up there a year and a half or so ago and tried to take out my sister. April 10th last year, strokes tried to take me out in a blood clot. But Satan, you have been defeated in all five cases because it all hinges. That's right. It all hinges on the resurrection. I wrote a couple things down that I read. Death is swallowed up in victory. Make this promise one of the blocks that you're building in your foundation. That you will view death through the lenses of Christ's resurrection. The tomb couldn't hold Christ and Christ is in us. So if the tomb couldn't hold Christ and Christ is in us, it can't hold us. I don't want to tarry too long. I don't want to wear you out. But I want to tell you something. Death, there's pain in it. And after I had prepared this message, I turned TB on, TBN on. Pastor Rick Warren was on there from Saddleback, California. Pastor Rick Warren, if you're not familiar with him, he's one of the most well-known pastors in the world. He pastors the church in Saddleback, I believe, California. He's the author of many books. One, The Purpose Driven Life, The Purpose Driven Church, and during that interview on TBN, they asked him, they said, in all of your years of ministry, what was the most painful part of your ministry? And he just kind of, he said, at one time I would have answered when he had written The Purpose Driven Life, he never dreamed within a month 
it would sell millions and millions of copies in every nation. But he said three months or so after I wrote that, we should have been celebrating and rejoicing. I was holding the bedpan for my wife to throw up in and watching her hair fall out through cancer. He said, I would have responded and said that was probably the most painful, but he said it wasn't. He said, I have three children and one of my sons. He said, we look back and we know he was born with mental illness. Even as a young child, we could see it. He said, my son at age 17 came to me and said, dad, we both know the Lord's not gonna heal me. He said, dad, you've had me to the best doctors in the world. Dad, you've put me on the best medication in the world. Dad, you've had me to the most anointed, powerful healers, men and women of God, and they've laid hands on me and prayed for me. And Dad, I just can't survive like this. He said, Dad, the Lord's not gonna heal me. Then I wish you would just take me home. His dad answered him and said, Son, I'm gonna keep praying that the Lord heals you. But if he don't, I'm gonna pray that you can manage your pain. Manage your pain. He said a few years later, he said my son came over for dinner. He lived in his own home across town. He said after dinner, my son walked to the door and I followed him. He said my son turned around and hugged me and said, Dad, I'm just tired. He said we were fearful when he left the house that night. He said 24 hours later, we're trying to get a hold of him. No answer, we go to his home, beat on his door, no answer. He said, we called the police and we waited for the police. They came, they kicked his door down and there was our worst fear. He said, they carried my son out of the house in a body bag. He said, here I am, one of the top pastors in the world he said, you know, the only thing that helped me besides the Lord, he said, as many he pastors, 20, 30,000 or more people on Sundays. He said, I had a life group. That's what we have started here. He said, I have a life group. He said, within 15 minutes, my life group was on my son's driveway. He said, I had taught them and I had taught people all over the world when something like this happens show up and shut up because there's no words. And he said, all they did was hold me. And here's, I told you all that to tell you this. He said, how come I can go to room 205 at the hospital and that person's healed, but I can go in room 206 and that person's not healed? I don't know how many times, Jimmy, I've been asked, how come they got healed and I didn't get healed? And he said, the Lord give me the answer. When people came up to me and said, you've prayed for people and they've been healed all over the world, but your own son, pastor, explain to me why your own son wasn't healed. And he said, the Lord give me the answer because this isn't heaven, this is earth. 
And that's why we should pray on earth as it is in heaven. All of your pains will not always be healed. But your body and your spirit can be in the presence of the Lord. So I challenge you, as bad as it hurts, keep your eyes on Jesus. Because at 7.05 a.m., March 10th, 2018, when I said goodbye to my dad, it was only goodbye here. It wasn't. Never gonna see him again. It was so long. Is your heart right? Is your heart ready? What if death knocked on your door today? Where would you be? Every head bowed and every eye closed. First invitation is for those that have buried a loved one and you just feel like you're stuck and you can't move forward. Would you slip your hand high all over this place? Slip your hand high. Yes, this is exactly what I thought. And I'm going to ask you to do something because you're not in a church that's going to laugh at you. I'm going to ask you to step out of your seat and come to this altar. Would you step out of your seat and come to this altar, please? That's right. Come. I'm going to wait on you. I'm going to wait on you. It's early. I'm going to wait on you. Come. Come down here and pray. I'll tell you, there was a lot of other hands going. That's right, come. Come. The Lord knows your pain. The Lord knows your pain. I need some intercessors. Would you come here? Would you come? Some prayer intercessors. Would you come? pray with Debbie and Kim right here. Would you come? As every head is bowed and every eye is closed. Where would you be if it was your last gasp? If that monitor, you heard that tone and it flatlined? Are you right with the Lord? right where you're at this morning. If you're not, be honest with yourself. I'll never forget the night I gave my life to Christ. The preacher said something like this, if you was to take your last breath, would heaven be your home? And I knew it was not my home. I ask you today, if you took your last breath, would heaven be your home? If you can't say absolutely 100% yes, would you hold your hand up high? I'm not gonna come to you. I'm not gonna single you out. I'm not gonna embarrass you. Is there one this morning? I see your hand, sir. Somebody else this morning? Somebody else? I see your hand. I see your hand. Thank you. Somebody else this morning? Somebody else? Somebody else? Somebody else? Listen, it's not just about saying a few words. Oh, and I want you to get right down here and pray. Steve, wait. Wait here. I want you to pray. Pray with Steve, would you? Pray with Steve. It's not about just saying a few words. It's about opening up your heart to the presence, to the power of the Lord.
It's about not just making arrangements to avoid hell. It's about a relationship with Jesus. It's about opening up your heart and saying, Lord, I am sorry for my sin, for my failures in life. And Lord, I truly believe that you died and gave your life for me. And from this day forward, I want to give my life to you. So if that's you, I want you to pray this prayer with me and mean it from the bottom of your heart, Lord Jesus. Today I pray and I ask you to forgive me. And Lord, I recognize that you are the Savior of the world. I understand that you died, that you gave your life for me. And I ask you to forgive me. And from this day forward, I will learn about you. I will follow you. And I ask you to guide me in Jesus' name. And amen. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. Make sure to check out our live groups or small groups. 